What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Heated Rivals Podcast. I'm Zach Derrickin, and I am joined, as always, by my friend, Sean Robinson. What is going on, everybody? And today, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to switch the narrative a little bit. We've been talking about basketball and baseball for the last couple of episodes. Now we're going to switch it to the NFL, National Football League. But first, we have to cap out our season with the Knicks and talk about them. It was just a very sad way to go out for the Knicks. Uh, A gentleman's sweep, if you will. You literally got no production out of any of the players you had expected. Julius Randle came out and looked like a deer in headlights in every single game. It was hard to watch. It was very hard to watch. I I, I said it it gave me like anxiety watching him play. You felt like he, he was unable to do anything. Anything. He at could all. not do anything. Couldn't get to the rim. He couldn't shoot. And that's not only him. You know, no one really played well except for Derrick Rose because he yeah. had to. R.J. Barrett was non-existent. Reggie Bullock, outside of like a couple quarters, was non-existent. Um, everybody just kind of fell flat on their face. And if it, like you said, if it wasn't for Derrick Rose and even Obi Toppin gave him some spark off the bench. I kind of wish they played him a little more yeah. with that small ball lineup. I thought maybe. That could maybe potentially generate some offense, but... I thought also when Emmanuel quickly came off the bench, that added something too. So, you know, as a Knicks fan, it's a sour way to end the season. But looking forward, you got to feel good, right? You kind of exceeded expectations. You have a nice young core of players. Yeah. These one-year deal guys, you know, you're going to resign them for another year or two. Maybe they're going to walk. You can replace them. They're easily replaceable. The goal this season is to try to get that star... That Julius Randle can compliment because Julius Randle is clearly not the number one. No, for this he's team. not. That in your hope going into this offseason now is how can we pull in a top point guard? And there's a couple out there who are a little disgruntled with their situations. I don't wanna, you know, throw too many names out there, but I would love to see Dame in New York. Who wouldn't? I would love to see Dame in New York. I'd be cool with Donovan Mitchell too. I'd even be fine with Somebody who's on a little bit of a lower tier like Alonzo Ball. But if you can get me Dame, I want I want Dame. I need it! Dame, I think, changes the entire narrative around the Knicks. Dame has, you know, come out a lot and said that he didn't want to leave Portland, didn't want to leave the Trailblazers, but... I don't know, man. You know, I mean, he, I, think, I think if you put him on the Knicks, what they have right now... I think they could be something special. They could. They could make runs in the playoffs. You know, they would have to add, obviously, a couple more pieces. But that's a good way place to start. You got to get one of those top point guards, and you got to make signing Randall a priority. Hey, when you have the second-best shooting point guard, second-best point guard in the league, that's a pretty good foundation. So we'll see what happens with the Knicks. Like I said, they they uh, fell flat on their face. They lost to the Hawks and Trey Young. So... Good luck to the rest of the uh, teams left in the NBA playoffs. I'll, we'll be watching, but... Uh, it's If the Nets lose, it's, it's theirs to lose, essentially. <laughs> it's theirs to lose at this point. So, so with the Lakers out, too, now. So. Yeah, it's, I don't think... I think it's just going through the motions. Brooklyn's going to take this one. Yeah. Unless something drastic happens, go Milwaukee. Go Milwaukee is right. Yes. So, let's get down to some business. Something that me and Zach are very very passionate about is the NFL. We have been fans of the NFL for as long as we both can remember. Um, Zach rooting for the Giants. Giants. I'm rooting for the Dallas Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? So we decided it would be a good idea to, you know, share some of the knowledge that we have with you guys. Uh, we did a mock draft earlier this year that got some pretty good feedback. So now we figured we broaden our horizons a little bit and do a whole NFL landscape. Our way too early yes. NFL landscape because, you know, training camp hasn't even started yet and we're already going to tell you who's going to win the Super Bowl. Exactly. So let's lock in. Uh, we're going to go division by division with uh, what we feel like will be the most. Uh, we'll start with like the least compelling divisional races ending with like the ones we think are like the most compelling or where we see the most action or the most friction, the best storylines, things along that nature. And then we'll both end up with some uh, playoff predictions and then obviously our Super Bowl winners. Right. Like you said, the last thing we really talked about was the draft and 
the first overall pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They took Trevor Lawrence. Why don't we get into the uh, AFC South with the Jacksonville Jaguars a little bit? Just to kind of go through how I think their season will go, I don't think they're going to have the best season. They have a lot of tough games, and I think that they are more than a, you know, generational quarterback. I put air quotes around generational because he hasn't even played a game yet. But it takes more than that to kind of turn your team around from what it was. Yeah, they they and they literally were the worst team in the NFL. They were one in fifteen last year. Um, you know, you add Trevor Lawrence, a guy who's virtually never lost a game in his entire career, except for I mean, he can count the amount of losses he has on his one hand. So take that for what it's worth. You're in the NFL now, bro. Whole different world. Whole different ball game. So. You know, they put some pieces around him with Travis Etienne, and they still have a couple good playmakers. DJ Chark, James Robinson's also still there. Uh, the defense is kind of what really worries me for them. So what did you actually have them uh, doing this year? I had the Jaguars at a lowly, lowly 3-14. and 14. Oof. I think that, you know, they kick off the season against Houston, and who knows what's going to happen with Houston. We'll get to them a little later. But is Deshaun Watson going to play? I, in, in this season outlook i have deshaun watson not playing for the texans yeah, so i also don't have deshaun watson playing for until this, something else in the news pops off about him he's not on the team the jaguars are going three and 14 i think they get wins against cincinnati houston and houston again because like i said houston is garbage <laughs> i actually have the jags going eight and nine this oh. year i'm giving them a lot more love i'm kind of I don't want to say I'm buying into the Urban Meyer hype, but... They signed Tim Tebow, just to remind you. And I am the biggest apologist of Tim Tebow. <laughs> I think... You, you I, love we'll, we'll, we'll get into that, but... You love yourself some Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow is my guy. So, uh, make sure if you see this, tell Tim Tebow I love you. And tell them... I was watching you last night, and you did awesome. Love you, Tim Tebow. I followed him since he was a freshman at Florida. Florida never found that guy again, and I think he gets a bad rap. I think Tim Tebow is under, not underappreciated, but he's just doing what he's trying to do. He he's not making this roster. That he shouldn't make the roster. I'm not no. saying he should, but you know, one of these young tight ends, one of these 22, 23 year old athletic phenoms that we have today in the NFL. Should be able to beat him out. If he earns his spot, he earns his spot. Yes, but anyway, that's a whole other topic for another We'll pop. get into that. We'll get into that. Yeah, like I said, I have the Jaguars going 8-9. and nine. I'm giving them a little bit more love here. I do believe that Trevor Lawrence is a generational quarterback. That's pretty much what I'm basing this off. Um, I feel like solely based off quarterback matchups alone, he's going to get some wins. Um, I have him beating the Broncos, beating the Titans at home. I actually have them getting a very sneaky good win against the Bills in wow. Week 9. So, that would be an upset. And also another win in L.A. against the Rams. So I'm call me... Those are some Ur pretty bold claims for yeah. a Jaguars team who finished 1-15 last year. I, I just have faith in Trevor Lawrence. I think he's really good, but we'll see what happens. Next, uh, so you had them. You had the Jaguars finishing three and thirteen, three and fourteen, three and fourteen. Given the seventeen me. game schedule that they just passed this yes. year, yes, I actually have them finishing third in division at eight and nine. Uh, the Texans finishing below them at two and fifteen. And like you said, Zach, we have no fucking clue who's going to be the quarterback for the Houston Texans, and I'm betting that Deshaun Watson will not be playing this year. I have uh, them winning the first game of the year against the Jags. And then I literally have them losing 15 straight games. You're a lot nicer than I am, <laughs> clearly. Because I have this Texans team without Deshaun Watson. Please tell me who the next guy is. Like, not, not quarterback, anyone on the roster, please. They, they released J.J. Watt. Yeah, he's gone. They don't, they don't have DeAndre Hopkins because they gave him away for peanuts. So, and they re-signed David Johnson. So I'm not giving them any love. I think the Texans go 0-17. I think they're the first 0-17. They're going to have the most losses in a season by any team ever just to cap off their lowly franchise since they've entered the league at 2002. Yeah, so it's it's going to be a sad one for the, uh, for the Texans. We're not even going to waste another breath talking about them. Colts? I have finishing at 10 and 7. I also have the Colts somewhere in that range. I have them at 11 and 6. I think adding Carson Wentz to that Colts team really kind of makes them a contender. I think they have a lot of weapons around him. And realistically, I know you have your feelings about Carson Wentz. 
since Andrew Luck, this is the best quarterback they've had. No, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you. Um, like you said, I don't really mess with Carson Wentz at all for my own reasons. But when I was looking at their schedule, you know, a lot of these wins, I have them beating the Seahawks. I have them beating the Rams, starting off two and zero. Then they lose back to back games against the Titans and the Dolphins, right? Um, and actually, they're losing three straight road games: Titans, Dolphins, and Ravens. Uh, so right there, we kind of see where the Colts are at at two and three, and that's kind of like where I feel they'll be at all season. There's a couple of te- uh, a couple of points in the season where they actually went four um, that I predicted. But interestingly enough, I have them winning that road stretch. That uh, little uh, all three of those games. Yep, I have them. Really? I have beaten Tennessee, beating Miami, and beating Baltimore. That's interesting. That's interesting. So we'll see with the Colts. I, Carson Wentz is going to be the reason they lose a couple of these games. So either this could swing either way. They could end up, you know, 8-9 and nine for all I know. You I just know think I mean? that when he was doing good in Philadelphia, he had a good team around him, and that's what the Colts have built. The Colts have a really good team. And also, along with the team, he has his old quarterback coach with the Eagles, Frank Reich. Who's now the, the head co- coach. He's now the head coach. He's of the, the head coach yeah. of the uh, Colts now. So I think he's going to have a good end of his career in uh, Indianapolis. I think he's going to finish that out. I think he's going to have a good season. So, the Colts are going to finish 11-6 and six for me. And then, I actually have the Titans finishing 11-6 and six and winning the division. I had them tying with the Colts at 11-6, and six, but I gave the division to the Colts based off of their conference wins. They both finished out the year with five division wins. The division isn't really the best in the NFL, it's so you can probably, kind of see that. It's probably the worst in the NFL. Top, bottom two, at least. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I gave them more conference wins to go over the Titans. So I have it finishing Colts, Titans, Jaguars, and Texans for the AFC South. Gotcha. So I have Titans at 11 and 6, Colts at 10 and 7, Jags at 8 and 9, and Texans at 2 and 15. So I don't think that division is going to, you know, be the most exciting this year, but I do think the Titans will be solid and the Colts will be pretty decent. So we'll see. So let's shift over to the AFC West now. Uh I'm just going to go with the division winner off the rip here. I have the Chiefs going freaking 15-2. and two. Um, I do too. There's nobody on this schedule that scares me. But they'll lose their annual games to Las Vegas and Los Angeles. The Chargers, that is. Because they usually seem to drop a game against both of those teams. And, yeah, in a I mean, wild shootout. And their schedule isn't easy by any means. No, but they have a first-place schedule. so. But they're going to. I think they're still going to win. I think they're still arguably the best or second best team in the league and Pat Mahomes said himself he wants to go 20 and no he's gonna have that fire to go and win those games again I think so too I yeah I mean I actually have the Chiefs losing the first game of the season to the Browns another Red River rivalry which rematch which we'll get into later because uh, I have I have some things to say about the Browns the, y'all need to be scared of the Browns but anyway the Chiefs are gonna lose to the Browns the first game of the year and then I literally have them winning eight games in a row um Eight out of their last nine games before their bye. So that's pretty much going to lock things up for them in that division because the rest of this division, I do have the Chargers going 11-6. and six. I think that Chargers team is going to be very much improved. They got some protection for Justin Herbert, and they've already had a good offensive place, and that defense is going to get hopefully, hopefully, hopefully a healthy Derwin James back. That's just it. They have to stay healthy. That's always the problem oh, with man. the Chargers. It's it. Because Keenan Allen is great. He's top 10 in the league at wide receiver. Um, I think their pass rush is lacking a little bit. Well, they lost Chargers. Melvin Ingram, and he's yeah. still unsigned. Still unsigned. So may, you might see a reunion there. But um, the Chargers have a good team, man. Justin Herbert, is a, he's an up-and-coming quarterback in this league. Uh, I think he's going to be solid. I, I'm, I'm predicting a very big jump for him in year two. So... Chargers at 11 and 6. Then I have the Raiders finishing it out at 8 and 9, just a game under 500. And then I have the Broncos with a lowly, lowly 3, 13, and 1. Oh, we were doing so well there. I also had the Chargers at 11 and 6, and I had the Raiders at 8 and 9. It's kind of a make it or break it year for John Gruden. 8 and 9, is that, does that keep him around? I don't know, man. I don't even. They gave it, him 10% ownership of the team. It, I guess by default, I guess he's got to stay, but. Mike Mayock's job might be on the line yeah. after this year. So Yeah, we'll see what happens with them. But you didn't give any love to the Broncos. I think they're a good young team. I think that they're going to go 6-11. and um, Big question is the quarterback play. We'll see what happens with that. There you go. Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. Their weapons on offense aren't necessarily the scariest. They have athleticism. 
But it's a defense that what is what worries me about them. Yeah, they have a good defense. They they can potentially have a good defense, but that defense is gonna get tired Brad from Leach. being on the field so much because. My, my thinking was that Drew Locke was going to end up being the starter because John Elway just wants to prove a point to be like, hey, this was my guy. I drafted him. I feel like he's a little stubborn that way. So I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is going to start for them. And even if he does start for them, what does Teddy Bridgewater offer you like that Drew Locke can't do? You know, he, just, he has less of an arm. Yeah, He's exactly. probably a little smarter with the football. That's it. And like you'll take that, but how many extra games is that going to win you? Realistically. You know what I mean? Ted, we know what Teddy Bridgewater is at this point in his career. You know what I mean? He's a serviceable backup now. You know? I wouldn't I wouldn't say backup. I would use the term bridge. Bridge. I guess he's like the poster boy for bridge quarterbacks. Him and yeah, him and Tyrod Tyra Taylor. Taylor. <laughs> Tyrod Taylor was set to start, but you know, the doctor put the needle a little too far in his back and pierced his lung. And that was the end of that. And so goes the story of Justin Herbert. Right. So uh, what did you you had the Chiefs winning? The I AFC had the West? Chiefs winning the AFC West at fifteen and two. They take the division. And they also take my number one seed in the AFC. Gotcha. I also have the Chiefs clinching number one seed in the AFC. But we'll get to that once we do both playoff teams, uh, both playoff pictures. Yeah. Uh, AFC East. I have the Bills coming in at thirteen and four. The Dolphins at eleven and six. The Pats at nine and eight, and then the Jets at. Three and fourteen. The Jets, man, they just can't get it right, and and that's as I'm was going over their schedule. I'm looking at the teams they have to play, man, and you know I have them losing against the Panthers as a little Sam Darnold revenge game. Uh, they might they might beat the Pats. I have them beating the Pats, so we'll see about that. Because I did do a split for most of these division games. The Pats also did load up this offseason. Yeah, good free agents. So we'll see if that works out. They could potentially lose that game too. And then the Jets lose eight straight games. So I don't. Th- I just don't think uh, Zach Wilson moves the needle for them, man. I mean, I don't think it's just Zach Wilson though. You got to look at the entire team. Yeah, Corey Davis. Corey Davis, Jameson Crowder. Um, Denzel Mims is coming back this year. Zach Wilson has a little bit of more of a dynamic than Sam Darnold did. The running back still a question mark, but you solidify the offensive line a little more. You have a left guard, a left tackle, and the right side still a question mark, but it looks a little more promising going into this season. And the defense, the defense, you could take it for what it is, but you're getting C.J. Mosley back to mm-hmm. cover up the middle of that defense. So we'll see. And they also have Robert Sala, who so is he's hopefully going to be a culture changer. I just don't see... This Jets team being very good. I'm not. I don't want to say they're going to get blown out in a lot of these games. I think they're just going to lose a lot of close games this year. And that's something to that teams that to teams that are just slightly better than. That's them. something you could expect from a first year head coach with a team that's kind of still in the rebuilding phase with a rookie quarterback. With the rookie quarterback, I have them going seven and ten, which is actually a pretty good season from what you said. Yeah. But I'm giving them a little more credit. I'm kind of giving them some wins here against Denver. Atlanta, Cincinnati, Houston, Jacksonville, Philadelphia, and New Orleans. Coincidentally, I have them losing all of those games. So, we'll see what happens with the Jets. I personally wouldn't mind seeing them return to their glory, the very short glory. It'd be cool for New York. Yeah, that's about it, though. And my fellow Jet fan friends out there, I feel for you. So, yeah, I have the Jets going 7-10. and 10. I have Miami going 9-8. and 8. I have the Patriots going 6-11. and 11. I don't think those free agent acquisitions are really going to uh, make that big of a difference for that Patriots team. And I have the Bills going 13-4. and four. Did, you, did, did, you, did you copy my homework? I also had the Bills going 13-4, and four, Zach. Yeah. Uh, the Bills are going to be really good, man. And I gave the Pats, I guess, a little more credit than you did. I had them going 9-8. and eight. It depends who starts the season. If Cam Newton starts the season, he doesn't do it for me. No. Cam Mac New- Jones, I think, is going to start the season, but... Who knows if that's even, like you said, another rookie quarterback. I think Bill Belichick kind of pushes the moves the needle for them as far as wins go. So, like, they have a lot of games against young quarterbacks where I think they'll win solely because of Bill Belichick and whatever defense he's rolling out there because they do return a lot of guys from who uh, didn't participate because of COVID last year. So the Patriots, you know, they'll be in the hunt. They're not going to be as bad as they were last year. No, I think they'll be in the hunt. Uh, I 
like I said, I still think Cam Newton's horrible. I don't think he should be their starter. I think Mac Jones, you draft Mac Jones at 15 for a reason, right? So that's what it is with that. The Dolphins, I think, are building something very good down there in Miami. They got a nice, young, hungry defense, you know, and that, you know, they're, they, they played some close games with Patrick Mahomes and some of these young gunslingers in the league where I think, you know, with some more seasoning, they could eventually win these games. You know what I mean? So I think this is this might be the year for that Dolphins team. I do having them make the playoffs, sneaking as sneaking in as my sixth seed in the AFC. So I think the Dolphins are going to be pretty good. I like the Dolphins. I like the what they're building there. But like you said, the defense is solid. I don't necessarily buy into Tua yet. And let's not forget, he got benched last year for Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then they went on that run. I'm not I'm not a big believer in Tua, and I think you can go back to one of the first podcasts that we did where I said. I'm just not a believer in him. Is it because he's left-handed, Zach? We went over this. It's not because he's left-handed. It's because he hasn't done anything to show me that he could be a good quarterback in the league yet. I think COVID got the bet, like the COVID season last year, got the better of a lot of these rookies. You know, some of them just had ridiculous years because they're all world talents. But the guys who probably needed the extra time to be in, you know, the classroom a little more, especially the quarterbacks, um, you know, I think that affected them a little bit. So. I'm looking for Tua to bounce back. I really believe in him. Um, you know, I always pull for lefty quarterbacks. I even pulled for Kellen Moore when he came into the league, and he was hot garbage. But uh, I think Tua is markedly, markedly better than Kellen Moore was yeah, well, or ever could be. So We'll just have to see and wait and see for that one. We'll see. So like we said, the Bills are going to end up winning that division, and the Dolphins, for me at least, will sneak into the playoffs. Okay. Now, let's move on to what I, I mean, both of us, have agreed would be the hardest and most competitive division in the AFC this year. The AFC North. A lot of very interesting storylines here. Um, Joe Boer returning from a devastating knee injury last year. So uh, reuniting with Jamar Chase. So you look for that Bengals team to be better. I actually have them being 9-8 and eight this year. Uh, so that kind of goes into the whole thinking of Joe Burrow coming back and playing at the level we saw in, at LSU. I just have a question for you. Yes. Who's blocking for Joe Burrow? Hmm. Well, if they you paid att- if they paid attention to my mock draft, I would have had Panay Sewell blocking for them. But unfortunately, they went with Jamar Chase. They went with Jamar Chase. You can add as many receivers as you want. You still got to block for the guy. I mean, you could scheme up however you want to scheme up, but eventually the offensive line is going to come down to whether or not you win a game. So I have the Cincinnati Bengals going six and eleven. I think they pull off some nice wins against some of these, uh, you know, lower tier teams. Maybe sneak out another win or two against a good team. But I just don't think they're going to take that next step this year. Like you said, the receiving core is disgusting. Joe Burrow, you said he's going to take that step. The offensive line is a big issue for me as a Giants fan. I'm a little biased to this. So I could see how big of a deal it would play to a team that has a young quarterback, no offensive line. And wants to keep him upright. Wants to keep him upright. And there's question marks on defense. You got Jesse Bates, who's a good corner. You got some other defensive young guys on that team, but for the most part, we don't know what they're gonna, what they're going to be. They also signed my guy Chidobe Uzier from the Cowboys. So, mm. Mm. anyway, I still think I believe in Jerboro. I called him the second coming of Tony Romo when he came out of college. Just the way he can move in the pocket, and he's not even like super athletic. It's just he knows how to move in the pocket really well. You know what I mean? So I really liked him coming out of LSU. So, you know who else can move well in the pocket? Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. And that brings us to the Baltimore Ravens, who I have going 11-6 and six this season. I also have them going 11-6. and six. They got some receiver help in the draft. Drafting Rashad Bateman. And I think they're trying to set up a trade for Julio. Am I correct? Yeah. Are they still in on that? I don't know if they're still in it, but they there were rumblings of them trying to get Julio. That would be different. You know, that's, that's for another pod that we're going to do later on where we talk about the storyline, so we're going to save that for then. Yeah. So 11-6 and six you have for yes. the Ravens. I also, like I said, I also have them going 11-6, and six, and then I have the Browns um, at 13-4. and four. Okay, that's... 13-4. and four. This Browns ambitious. team... ambitious. This Browns team, Zach, let me tell you about this Browns team. You've been preaching to me about this Browns team since I've known you. They've been your second favorite team for as long as I can remember. So I started following the Browns when uh, Johnny Menzel got drafted there, and I really thought he was going to be the one to turn around their franchise. But boy, was I wrong, because I think it was like six quarterbacks later, they finally got it right. 
with um, Baker Mayfield and what they've built on that defense, dude, is is scary. Uh, they added Jadavian Clowney in the offseason. Jeremiah Owusu Karamoa from the draft. Grant Delpit is coming back. Uh, who else? Still have Denzel Ward they as a corner. They have Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams. I know their linebacking core is a little iffy, but Miles Garrett on the other side of Jadavian Clowney. Jadavian Clowney, how much are we really putting into him? An inspired Jadavian Clowney. Have you seen? Did you see the picture of him recently, bro? Picture's oh. worth a thousand words. Oh my gosh, I I wouldn't want to play the Browns. I'm just saying. I think the Browns are going to be a really good team this year. Like I said, I have them going 13-4, starting off with a big win against the Chiefs. I think they uh, Baker Mayfield brings that swag back to start the season. Better hope um, they have a better game than when they showed up in the playoffs last year. Yeah, no, but I don't know. I just There's something about that team that they think they they uh, they also signed Troy Hill from the Rams, who's pretty still, good, and John still, Johnson. So You're still bringing back Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Exactly. Odell's going to be healthy, Jarvis Landry. So, a lot of... Uh, They're loaded. They're high loaded. expectations for the Browns this year. Let's see if they can do it. Um, I have them going 12-5. and five. On to the Pittsburgh Steelers. <sighs> Sorry to all of our uh, Pittsburgh fan friends out there and family. You know, shout out Jordan. I have the Pittsburgh Steelers going 9-8. and eight. Oof, you gave them more credit than I did. I had them going 7-10. and 10. It's close. I... I think Big Ben's been done for the last couple years. Big Ben's probably been done for like two years now, solidly. I don't think that the guys that they have in place of him over the last couple of years that he's been out have been the answers either. I think they really need to take a long, hard look at the end of the season and say, we might need a quarterback. <laughs> One of these drafts, we might need to just do something. There. All Mason Rudolph is good for is getting hit in the head by helmets. And saying potentially not nice things to other players. Yeah, so... They have question marks at quarterback. They have question marks on the offensive line since one of the Pouncey brothers retired. Yeah. Their defense, I'll still give them a good defense. You got TJ Watt. You got that good secondary behind Mick Fitzpatrick. Devin Bush is going to come back healthy this year. They just drafted Najee Harris. You've got some decent weapons on the outside. I think Claypool's your best receiver on the outside. Yeah, definitely. But Juju doesn't do it for me. But I, I don't like Juju. Corvette, Corvette. <laughs> so... Yeah, I don't know, man. The Steelers, I just think behind an old Big Ben with off, no offensive line, I don't know if they're going to be able to get it done against a younger, rejuvenated division. Yeah, that the the teams in those in that division all got better, I think, except for the Steelers. So Right. So that's going to wrap up the AFC side of things. Yes. Sean, did you want to finish the NFC and then get into the playoff picture, or do you want to talk about the AFC playoff picture now? Let's go into the NFC real quick, and then we'll set up both playoff pictures. Okay. So... I actually let's start off with the NFC South. Reigning Super Bowl champ Buccaneers. They're going to take care of business again this year. I have them going 13 and 4. They start off with a win against my Cowboys um, to bring in the rings. I'm hopefully hopefully going to this game. Would love to be there. Um, I am predicting a loss, but I still think the atmosphere would be great to That'd be a to fun game to. to go to. So, whatever. It'd be cool. Like I said, the the Bucks are returning everyone, literally all 22 starters from their Super Bowl team last year. And Tom Brady... He just keeps proving why he's the best ever. Yeah, ever. And I'm just going to stop doubting Tom Brady. So I'm going to predict them to go 13-4 and this year. That sounds um, about right. I'm going to also have them going around 13-4. And the rest and of this division is going to be pretty bad. I have the Saints finishing fucking 5-12, and Panthers finishing 5-12, and and Atlanta finishing like a measly 14, uh, 4 and 13. I'm giving Carolina a little more credit. I think Carolina is the second best team in that division. I think Atlanta is, I mean, Julio's gone. Yeah. Let's, let's just face gone. it, Julio's done. You got Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts. That's pretty much all you have on offense. You're basically a better version of the Seahawks, if you can even say better version of the Seahawks. See, the yeah. Seahawks are still better. But I think they need to add a little more on the offense and defensive side just to be competitive. I don't think the Falcons are going to have a good year. Um, New Orleans, who's their quarterback? You're going to put Taysom Hill back there for eight, for uh, 18 weeks? Or you're going to have freaking Mr. 30 interceptions himself, Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston probably gives you the best chance to win, but he's also the biggest reason why you would lose a game. Exactly. So, like I said, it's going to be pretty shitty of a division after the Bucks. Um, the outlier might be the Panthers if they can get going down there with Matt Rule kind of changing the culture. They gave Sam Donald a whole bunch more to work with than he had in New York, so he might be able to show out a little more. The defense is a decent, solid defense. 
But it's not that next level where they would need to be to reach those double-digit yeah, wins. They don't have the pass rush yet. Like a playoff berth yet. They're not there yet. You're hoping Christian McCaffrey can have a full season of health. DJ Moore, you know, who else did they have? Robbie receiver? Anderson Robbie is there. Robbie Anderson, one of Sam Darnold's old buddies. So you're hoping that they can kind of, you know, show something with Sam Darnold. Um, so you have Tampa Bay winning the division there. Yeah. So that would take us then to the NFC North. And I have the Packers winning the division there at 11 and 6. Then I have the Vikings going 6 and 11. I have the Bears going 6 and 11. And I also have the Lions going 1 and 16. Oof. Dan Campbell is not biting kneecaps up there in Detroit. They go 1 and they have a tough schedule, man. They go 1 and 16. I think they're going to beat the Philadelphia Eagles because fuck Philly. Fuck Philly. <laughs> but yeah, man, no receivers. They just drafted Penny Sewell. That helps. Baby hands Jared Goff isn't really going to do anything over there. You don't have a running game. You don't have a defense. Yeah. Uh, I it's... I mean, I gave them a little more credit. I have them winning five games. I think they will get that first game against the 49ers on some, like, Jared Goff, baby hands, Fugachi stuff. But that's pretty much it for them. I have them losing, like, literally seven games straight before they face the Eagles again. One so. of those. One of those seven games, though... You're looking at Justin Fields' first start for the Bears, huh? Yes. The Bears, I, I have Bears, I have going six and eleven, and I think that they get their first win against Detroit. And I think that you know, who's their coach? Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy. He's gonna see enough from Andy Dalton to be like, hey, we drafted this kid eleventh overall for a reason. Let's throw him in there, and I think he's gonna light it up. I think Justin Fields is gonna be a very good quarterback. They're gonna get some good wins out here, some surprising ones. I think. I think they're gonna beat San Fran. I think they're gonna get. They're gonna sweep Detroit. I believe they're gonna beat Green Bay. So, I think that the Bears have a good roster. They're just missing the quarterback. Justin Fields is their guy. I think so too. I think after the Bears start zero three with losses to the Rams, Bengals, and Browns, they're gonna say, "You're right. Enough of Andy Dalton. Let's throw Justin Fields in there, and he's gonna spark them the two straight wins against the Lions and Raiders." Um, it's gonna be a little bit, a little bit of an up and down year for him especially being you know a rookie quarterback, but I still think they're going to manage eight wins. I think they're going to be a respectable eight and nine You know, for Justin Fields coming in. I think he's going to have some growing pains, you know, as any rookie quarterback will. Uh, but I still think he's going to be very, very solid and going to bring that second level of athleticism that, that Matt Nagy needs from his quarterback to run this particular offense. So I think the Bears do turn things around a little bit and kind of catch up to where that defense is because that defense is ridiculous. I agree. So if the offense can just match that a little bit, they'll be good. So 8-9 for the Bears. And then I actually have the Vikings finishing at 5-12 too. Pretty similar. So same same as the Lions and then the Packers finishing up winning the division at 11-6. Yeah, I just, going back to the Vikings, like they have a good set of skill position players. Their defense, they just got Patrick Peterson, so you're kind of hoping that he can go back in time and relive some of his better days in the NFL. Not saying he's washed completely. He's also, I think he's going to be playing safety for them. That might be a good transition for him, not going to lie. But there's a certain place in your heart for the quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings as well to go along with Carson Wentz of the Colts. Anybody who knows me knows I hate Kirk Cousins. So, And just for a side note, this is a day for another podcast. Yes. Sean's going to be putting out a solo episode on why he hates Carson Wentz. And Kirk Cousins. So look out for that in the near future. Um, So yeah, I have the Packers winning the division. Yeah, same here. So let's move on to the NFC West, where, surprise, surprise, I actually have the Los Angeles Rams winning this division. This is probably... This is probably the most competitive division in the NFC, if I'm being completely honest with you. Obviously, we were going to save the NFC East for last because our two favorite teams are in it. But this is the most competitive team with uh, competitive division with all these teams easily could win 11, 12 games now, at some point. Now, when you say competitive, do you mean competitive across the league or competitive in the division? Because you, one could argue that the NFC East is just as competitive, if not more, when it comes to who's going to come out on top. I mean, granted, the teams are bad, but it was still competitive from week one to week 17. So 
well, think this year is just going to be the same. You well, never know who's going to. I don't want to. I don't want to get ahead of, too far ahead of myself. But in my particular model, uh, the NFC, the NFC East is kind of top heavy. So we'll leave it at that. Uh, NFC West, Rams go eleven and six, 49ers nine and eight, Seahawks nine and eight, Cardinals eight and nine. That is the most competitive division in the NFL, with all the teams being within three games of each other. So it it could swing either way. I, when I was doing these mod, these models, um, I really had a tough time with the NFC West because you can make a case for all four of these teams being at least a number two seed if all breaks right for them. You know what I mean? Um, the 49ers... I think the 49ers are going to be healthy on defense again, which will push them over the edge, I think. Uh, they actually make the playoffs in my model, as well as the Seahawks at 98. So they end up having three playoff teams. But the 49ers, they're probably going to start Trey Lance. I said that in one of our earlier podcasts. And I really think Kyle Shanahan found the quarterback he wanted to run his offense. You know, I mentioned it uh, before. Uh, these young quarter, these young uh, coaches, they're looking for specific type of guys, guys who can really sling the ball, but they can move and they're athletic. They can move the pocket. They can scramble. They can pick up the first down with their legs if need be. They, that's that's the direction that the NFL is yeah, going. And in. the day of the pocket passer is long gone. Long gone. And Jimmy Garoppolo is that's not it, guy. He's he's, he's not. A statue per se, but he's not the most mobile guy. When you look at these other guys, exactly, and he has an injury history. So exactly, so they took I, Trey Lance third overall for a reason. Like I he's said, he's gonna start. He's gonna start. Um, I I actually have the Rams going thirteen and four. I think they're gonna have a really good year. I think Matt Stafford just kind of adds that gunslinging aspect to your offense, and you have the weapons. You have Cooper Cup. You have Robert Woods. You got some of these guys that can stretch the field and make these big plays, and Matt Stafford just adds that extra element that baby hands Jared Goff couldn't. Couldn't. And that defense is still very, very good. I think that Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay combo is it's going to be scary on offense. If Matthew Stafford is healthy, they're, they're going to be good because I don't want to say this is the best. You know what? This is the best group of receivers. Not one particular because Matthew Stafford did play with the, possibly the greatest receiver ever in Calvin Johnson. But this is the best group of receivers that Matthew Stafford has ever played with. You know what I mean? He has Cooper Cup, who's a very solid receiver in, in the slot. And he can really work outside. Robert Woods is a great route runner. And, um, you know, they really work well off of each other. They have uh, Van Gerald, Gerald Everett's a good two-one. Gerald Everson is uh, really uh, Gerald Gerald Everett is really good. Uh, who's their other tight end? Tyler Higby. Yeah, Tyler Higby. He's real solid. Uh, Cam Akers is really good. So they, this is, like I said, this is probably the best. This might be the best team Stafford's played yeah, with. Yeah, this might be the, you're right. This is the best team Stafford's played with. And is, this is the best coach he's ever played for. So Stafford's always been, in my eyes, a very underappreciated quarterback for our time. Given the types of quarterbacks that we've been spoiled to have, I think he just hasn't been as exemplified by that because he was on such a shit Detroit Lions team. Yeah, he always played on really poor, poor teams, poorly coached teams. Poorly My favorite Matt teams. Stafford moment was when he threw the game when he passed. Was it against the Browns? I think with a separated he, shoulder. Yeah, he, I think he broke his collarbone. So he's a tough SOB, Matt Stafford. Yeah, so, so I, I think this is the year, he, you know, he's really thrown into the top 10 category of quarterbacks because he's, he's been legit. fringe yeah now i think he kind of solidifies himself so he's legit like i said i have the rams 13 and 4 i have the 49ers going 12 and 5 i kind of have them in the same boat as you you know kind of just playing well and starting trailing from the beginning mm-hmm. i have the cardinals going 9 and 8 and i have the seahawks going 7 and 10 i think that everyone's kind of figured out the seahawks yeah they didn't really add anything this offseason they didn't really draft anybody that's going to take that offense to the next level the defense yeah you have a good defense but gotta score points so i don't think the seahawks are gonna have that great of a year like i said seven and ten outside of tyler lockett and dk metcalf you have russell wilson but as the giants showed last year that could easily be shut down that's kind of the formula for what they do so we'll see what happens with that so last but definitely not least we have the nfc east so i'm gonna actually let you go first zach because 
I know if I go first, I'm going to drop a bombshell and we can be here for a while. So I'm going to let you go first. All righty. So the NFC East, my number one pick for most competitive division, just based on you never know who's going to win this fucking division. Uh, There hasn't been a repeat winner for the last 17 years, I think. The last 17 seasons, it's been someone different. Not one person has repeated as division winner. That's kind of crazy if you ask me. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to start off with the Philadelphia Eagles. I have them going 2-15. and 15. I think that they are cursed. I think that they are bad. I have no love for them whatsoever. Jalen Hurts hasn't shown me anything at quarterback. They have no receivers. Jalen Rager is a bum to me. They're running backs. They ain't shit. I think that the Eagles are going to have a very poor year, and I think that that whole curse started when they put Nate Sudfeld in, in place of Jalen Hurts. They kind of did it to themselves. Doug Peterson got the raw end of the stick. But he's a douchebag as well. The defense, yeah. Call it a retirement home back there. Fletcher Cox is the only good one you have. You have no DBs. So good luck in that division, especially in an ascending division with a bunch of young, good teams. Young stud wide receivers, Zach. Stud receivers. Stud receivers. Speaking about those stud receivers, we're going to talk about the Washington football team. They're on the lower tier of the That was more receivers. of a joke to get at Sean because... Sean's got a nice bunch of young receivers on his Cowboys. But Washington Washington football team, I almost said the other name. Can't do that now. I have them bordering 8-9, and 9-8. Nine, nine and eight. I think they're a good team. They have a really good defense, and if they play up to their par, they could be a top three unit in the NFL. Their offense, you have some unproven playmakers, but I think Terry McLaurin's the real deal. I hate Logan Thomas, but he's a good player. Yeah. Their offensive line is all right. The only question mark for me is their receiver depth. Antonio Gibson, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. I have one question for you, though. Sure. How come any time a Washington tight end plays against you guys, he has a crazy-ass game? It's just the way it is. <laughs> it's just... It's, Every time. It doesn't matter who's playing tight end. Nope. Chris Cooley was it for a long time. Jeremy Jordan Sprinkle. Reed, Jeremy Sprinkle. Oh, we're cursed. It's tight ends. Tight ends are the death of the Giants, yes. no matter where you look at it. Um, but yeah, I have Washington on the teetering on 8-9, 9-8. Nine, nine, and eight. They'll make a run. They finished the uh, season with five straight division games. That's going to be tough. So good luck to them. Next, we have the Dallas Cowboys, who I think if they stay healthy, they can post up a modest 12-5. and five. I think they're a good team. I think that their defense is the biggest question mark. The offense is not going to have a problem putting up points. Zeke's got to fix the fumbling issues. Definitely. But the defense is where you really want to see an improvement, adding Dan Quinn's defensive side as a coach. That has a lot of potential, but... You would have liked to see them go corner in the draft, but they didn't really have an option. They had to take Micah Parsons, who's already stirring up some controversy in the media with his little comment regarding him and Jalen Smith. It wasn't even that bad. You could see how it rubbed people the wrong way. I could see how it rubbed people the the wrong way. For anybody who didn't see, he referenced the fact that Jalen Smith will now be uh, wearing Tony Romo's old number, number nine. So I believe the tweet uh, was something along the lines of 9-11... Because uh, he's now wearing number 11 uh, with the NFL expanding their rule changes for uh, position players and to wear, you know, single digits and so on and so forth. Uh, so something to the effect of 9-11. Regardless of what, you know, anything else. That's just, you know, you don't want to really do that, especially as a rookie. You're not saying he, uh, he did come out and apologize and said it was just taken the wrong way and he meant no ill. Uh, it meant, he meant no harm. That's fine. Know? He just needs a PR person. Yeah. He's so, a, he'd be a little wild on Twitter sometimes. And that brings me to my favorite team, the New York Giants. I have us going 10-7. and seven. I think this is a good schedule for this team. I think they can, you know, um, they can squeeze out 10 games. I think they could beat some good teams in this, in this uh, schedule. I think that they'll do their thing in the division. They'll usually split with the Washington football team in Dallas. They're That's sweep. what happens, yeah. Yeah, they're going to sweep Philly because, like I said fuck earlier, Philly. fuck Philly. Um... Yeah, I think this Giants team is going to come young. I think that they're going to play up to their standard because of Joe Judge and the coaching position that he's in. He 
made this team a competitive team last year. Yeah. It wasn't maybe two games last year that I watched. They were just out of it. But I'm excited for this team. You're adding some offense. You're loaded up on offense. Mm-hmm. Adding Kenny Galladay. Kadarius um, Tony. John Ross might not be a big name free, sign- free agent signing, but he's just a guy that can take the top off of defense. He's a threat on the field. Uh, Saquon's coming if back. If he's on the field. If he's on the field, exactly. Um, Sterling Shepard, good route runner, switching to number three this year, taking advantage of the new number rule. Shout out to him. Um, Saquon Barkley coming back healthy. That's another person that's going to be a, a big that's addition. A big question. That's a big question mark, though. Because if, you know, I don't want to say he's not going to come back healthy because we see guys come off ACL surgeries even better now. But, you know, can he be effective? And I think that all stems from the offensive line. But going back to that point, adding the weapons on the outside, get the eight-men boxes out. You don't have to worry about people stacking the box because you're not going to deal up Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Kadarius Tony, one on one. Hey, Daniel Jones still has to make those throws, though. You know what I and mean? And I believe that he will. And I think that the offensive line is a big part of that. Like you said, the offensive line's a question mark. But this is the first time in a couple of years where the Giants have some continuity on that offensive line. That same offensive line was there last year. Mm-hmm. And I think that later on in the year, they started to really mesh and play well together. One of the names being Andrew Thomas. He kind of came on late. He said he had an ankle injury. I don't remember hearing about that until after the season. But he stepped it up. He went back to the way he did it at college. They said the whole thing going on with Mark Colombo and all that kind of messed him up. But I don't know what happened. All I know is that after that, he played better. The offensive line as a whole played better. So the, the key is for the Giants, Daniel Jones. Yes. If Daniel Jones plays well, they're a 10-win team. If he doesn't play well, they're a sub-seven-win team. I agree with you. And I'm going to get into my rankings, uh, division rankings. So I actually have the Giants also going 10-7. and seven. Uh, Like you said, a big key for you guys is going to be how well is Daniel Jones protecting the football. You know what I mean? Can he hold on to it better than he has in previous seasons? I know he's cut his fumbling down uh, significantly in from his first season to his second season, but that number is still kind of high, especially for your quarterback. So if he can cut down on those fumbles and, you know, some of the picks and some guys can catch some of the footballs because I've, we've gone back and we watched some tape. So I've seen, I've seen a, plenty of them go off Evan Ingram's hands. And you knew I was arms. coming with that as yeah. my rebuttal to what you're saying. Yes. A hundred percent. So I was prepared, you know, One of an interception is still an interception, but, if those guys can hold on to them, then, you know, obviously his numbers will go up and that will be better for you guys, you know. Uh, but that's a big question mark. The defense was solid last year. They're they're looking to build off that. Uh, I know they're, they're bringing back a lot of the same guys, right? Blake Martinez is still there. James, Blake Martinez, James Dray, Bradbury. James Bradbury, Leonard Jimmy Peppers. So Leonard, they re-signed Leonard Williams. So they they have a nice foundation there. Uh, I have them going 10-7. and seven. The Washington football team, another good team with a really good defense. Uh, who is Ryan Fitzpatrick going to show up as this year? Is he going to show up as uh, the potential pro bowler who's slinging it all over the field to Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, dumping it off to Antonio Gibson? Or is he freaking actual Ryan Fitzpatrick who's not a very, very good quarterback and is probably going to cost you a game more than he's going to win you a game? He's basically Jameis Winston. In the sense that one game he can go off for five touchdowns, and the next he can throw four interceptions. Yeah, so he's a flip of the coin, but that defense is legit. You know, they've, they're they scary. Their front seven is scary, led by Chase Young. and uh, I think they lost Ryan Kerrigan, They right? lost him to the E-Girls. To the E-Girls, but uh, I think they still have Montez Sweat and Deron Payne. Yeah, so no. they'll, they'll They'll be all right up, up front if they stay healthy. Right. The E-Girls I have going 3-13 and one. The annual Eagles tie. Yes. This year, their tie will be against the Broncos week 10. Hmm. I just felt like when I was looking at the schedules, man, doing these games, I'm like, oh, I literally couldn't care less if either of these teams won this game. And I would not be surprised to see it like, like tied 13-13 with just the mediocre quarterback play I can envision in this game. So sounds about right. That's that's where I'm at with the Eagles. Uh, I don't want to say they're cursed, but I just don't think they're going to be a very good team this year. And to cap things off, I do have my Dallas Cowboys going 13-4 this year. 
Boy, if you don't get- You're not just wrong, you're stupid. They will lose the first game of the season to the Bucks. Okay? But, they'll get right. Couple wins against the Chargers, Eagles, and Panthers. You know? Then they'll lose the annual, the annual game with the Giants. And then I see a, a big run here for the Cowboys. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. Winning against the Patriots, beating the Vikings, uh, beating the Broncos, beating the Falcons. Before they got to play the Chiefs, they'll obviously lose to the Chiefs, right? Raiders they could beat. Saints they could beat. Football team they'll probably split with because that'll probably be the game Ryan Fitzpatrick goes off for like 450 and four touchdowns. You know, and doesn't turn the ball over, and my team will probably turn it over one time, and that'll be the end of the game. Pretty legit. So, uh, I, I think they're going to beat the Giants at the end of the year with the split, you know. Uh, another split with the football team. They'll get the one at home. Uh, they'll beat the Cardinals, and then they'll beat the Eagles. Uh, I just think they finally got what they needed for that defense, and that was a dog at linebacker. Micah Parsons is going to be a problem in this league. I really, truly believe that. Uh, He's going to be a problem for society, too. <laughs> say, what, <laughs> say what you want about his Twitter uh, persona or whatever. I don't really care. The man can fucking play football. And I, for one, am ecstatic to see him mesh with Jalen Smith. Um, I'm not sure what how Van Der Esch is going to fit into things. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option. Yeah. So, so And I heard they, were, they had some offers to trade him. So we'll see what happens. With that, uh, they also drafted Jabril Cox to come in and you know be their coverage linebacker, and he's a stud too. So there's they have some young guys on the defense that I'm very excited about. I'm not going to say they're going to go out and change their entire defense and be the top defense in the league, but all they have to do is be middle of the pack. That offense, Zach, you can't lie. That offense is pretty scary. It's if they're firing on all cylinders. It's scary. scary. That's fine. You could put up 50 points a game, but if you're getting 60 put up on you, then what's the point? Hey, I said my defense just has to be middle of the pack. That's it. up 20. That's it. We score 40. That's it. Your defense scoring. just can't be as bad as it was last oh, year, yeah. and you're going to win more games. And, and, and you have to believe it's going to be better. You're going to have to rely on the health slightly. of your star players as well. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how deep they are. I think they have a few guys at some key spots that are pretty decent. So I think they're going to actually mix in a lot of guys at defensive end and Hopefully they'll be fresh as the season goes along. Right. So I think it's going to be a very entertaining season. So that's going to conclude part one, surprise, surprise, of our NFL season overview for the 2021 season. Yes. For those of you who did not know, this is going to be a two-parter. So you got to tune in for next episode to find out our playoff predictions. And who's going to win the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? So... I think we got some super hot takes coming out for next episode, so definitely tune in. Yeah, please do. Hope you enjoyed. Have a good night. Peace.